Hello and welcome back to episode 12 of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with myself Lauren and me Graham and we're dad and daughter and we talk lots and lots of different things to do with football. Obviously currently there is no football on at the moment so we've been taking this opportunity to have a little look back at some of the older teams, older players and this week we're going to be choosing our best goalkeepers and defenders that we think the Premier League has ever seen. So, Dad, you're going to kick off with your top goalkeepers, top two goalkeepers. So I've got a couple of his loads to choose from. My first one is, this keeper was voted the world's best goalkeeper, 1992 and 1993. And that's Peter Schmeichel, Danish keeper, Man United. The most capped Danish player, 129 caps, and he ranks amongst the top 10 goalkeepers of all time. And not only that, of course, he's got a son, Casper, who's now one of the top keepers in the Premier League. Obviously, his main team was Man United through till 1999. He made 292 appearances uh, and also had a couple of seasons. One at Villa, 29 appearances. Man City, 29 appearances. I can't really remember either of those, actually. No, I haven't. I remember Villa. I do remember Villa, but I don't quite remember him going to City. Alex Ferguson bought him for five, just over 500,000 from <laughs> Brondby. Ridiculous. And he called it, Ferguson called it the bargain of the century. Uh, he won five Premier League titles, three FA Cups, one League Cup, and a Champions League, and he was the uh, captain when they won the Champions League. Fantastic. What a keeper, Peter Schmeichel. Obviously runs in the family. Okay, so you've gone from Man United, Peter Schmeichel. I don't know if it's necessarily his prodigy, but I have gone for Edwin van der Sar. Dutch goalkeeper. I started in Ajax. They called him the Flying Dutchman, and very famously, Man United signed him for £2 million, and he was there from 2005 to 2011. And he's had 186 appearances for Man U in 2007-2008, probably one of his best seasons. He helped United secure their second successive Premier League title on the final day. And he won the Champions League by saving the penalty of the shootout from Anelka. In 2008-2009 season, he set the World League clean sheet record by not conceding a single goal for 1,311 minutes. And did you know that he is the oldest player to win the Premier League at 40 years and 205 days? I think I did, yes. Well, overall, he won four Premier League titles. So not quite as up there as Peter Schmeichel. He won five, I think you said. And he won one Champions League. He was very athletic. I think they call them the Flying Dutchman. He was, I thought, was quite graceful, quite elegant, a brilliant goalkeeper. And I remember watching him a lot. And Link again, his son currently is a goalkeeper for a Dutch team, uh, VV Nordwijk. So another family link with goalkeepers. There you go. So my second goalkeeper, another international candidate, American. So this is close to my heart or our hearts, Brad Friedel, American keeper. I thought you'd go for him. Played for 84 matches for America in three World Cups as well. He's a holder of the Premier League record for any player for most consecutive appearances, 310 and those 310 appearances were made across those three teams that he played for, actually. He played 450 Premier League matches altogether. His career started at Liverpool back in 97, did three years there, 25 matches, then moved to Blackburn, spent eight years at Blackburn, 290 matches he played at Blackburn, and then he went on to Aston Villa and Tottenham. 114 games at Villa and 50 matches at Spurs. So those 310 games consecutive were for Blackburn, Aston Villa and Tottenham. He scored one goal for Blackburn. Did he? I remember it well, yeah, at Charlton. A match that Blackburn were losing 2-1 in the 90-something minute. Went up for a corner and scored, which made it 2-2. Very exciting. And then they went back and let one in at the other end in the, <laughs> ni- in the 95th minute or something. So they lost 3-2 in the end. Ridiculous. 
In May 2012, he became the oldest player for Tottenham. And he was a free transfer to Blackburn. His first team, actually, very similar to Schmeichel, Brondby, randomly, was his first team. So Brondby must be a breeding ground for brilliant goalkeepers. And finally, a bit of trivia. I've got a pair of his gloves signed on my wall. Brad Friedel, God bless him. So my last goalkeeper is Petr Cech. So in terms of Premier League goalkeepers, he's up there on the greatest in my eyes. 2004 to 2015, who's with Chelsea. He had 333 appearances for them. And then he had a really good career as well from 2015 to 2019 with Arsenal. He's the only goalkeeper to win the Premier League Golden Glove with two separate clubs and has won it a joint record four times. So he's had 15 years in the Premier League. He's definitely a legend. And I think the Chelsea fans, even though he went to Arsenal, they still loved him, didn't they? Oh yeah, he's great. Petr Cech, very good goalkeeper, very solid, unassuming, no dramas. For you, what would you say are the key characteristics to being a good goalkeeper? I think they got to have great nerves, got to confidence. Whenever I play with a good goalkeeper, they never shut up. Always talking, always shouting. And they're the only player on the pitch that can see everything. So they can have a big influence on the whole team, the goalkeeper. And for you, obviously I went for Edward van der Sar and you went for Peter Schmeichel. Who would you say is the better out of those two? Schmeichel. So moving on to full-backs. So my full-back, a little bit predictable. Currently the co-owner of Salford, featured many a time in Division 2, and that's Gary Neville. 2011, he retired and took up punditry, although he was head coach at Valencia, famously didn't go well at all in in 2015. I've picked him for lots of reasons. He came from the class of 92, which was the famous youth team coming through at Man United, Beckham, etc., Scholes, all the rest of them. He was a one-club man, never played for anybody else. Played for Man United throughout his whole career. Won 20 trophies, eight Premier Leagues. He was captain for five years, 19 years with the same club, 400 appearances. Just scored five goals, 85 games for England, didn't score a goal. And Alex Ferguson famously said he was the best English right-back of his generation. Good. I like him as a pundit. I think he's very good as a pundit. You can't beat Gary Neville. Okay, going from one English fullback to another, I've gone for English left-back Ashley Cole. So obviously with Arsenal for a long period from 1996 to 2006 and then he went to Chelsea whereas 2006-2014. So at Arsenal he won two Premier League titles, three FA Cups and I think people do forget that he was an integral member of the Invincible season. At Chelsea he won one Premier League title, four FA Cups, one Champions League So overall, he's won seven FA Cups, which is more than any other player in history. And he's only one of two players to have won the double with two clubs alongside Nicholas and Nelka. Very modern attacking fullback. He's very comfortable going forward as defending. He was very quick, tireless, tenacious. Obviously, he went to Derby. I think he only played about nine matches for them. But for me, I don't think he gets enough recognition for what he did. I don't know if he got a lot of stick from going between Arsenal to Chelsea. I just don't know if the fans necessarily loved him. But I think he was a really, really good defender, really good fullback, very strong. So definitely one of my picks. Yeah, good. I agree. He's great left back. And I've got a, a great left back as well. A bit random, this one. Somebody who's not really won much in his career, but I think as a solid left-back, Leighton Baines. I was going to go for him. I was really, yeah, I was really thinking about good. that. Leighton Baines, so he started at Wigan. I do remember that, actually. He played 145 matches for Wigan, so he was there quite a long time. Was part of the team that won the second division in 2002-2003. He joined Everton in 2007. 
He's made 342 appearances and scored 29 goals. So nearly one in 10, not too bad, although he is a penalty taker or has been. So played 30 games for England, could have played a few more, but 30 games for England. In 2012, he was named in the PFA Premier League Team of the Year. Uh, the first Everton player to do that for 22 years. And in the two th- that same season, 2012-2013, I couldn't quite believe this when I read it, in that season he created 116 chances for colleagues more than any other player in Europe's top five leagues. Wow, that's crazy. So I don't think they scored them all, 116 chances, <laughs> but uh, however the many they scored, he created 116 chances for his colleagues at Everton, best in the whole of Europe. Good old Leighton Baines, good attacking, good defending, scored a few goals, proper versatile. Yeah, I was very close to picking him, actually. Instead of picking him, I went for slightly older players, the ones I've done so far, Graham Lasseau. So he's left back from... So he's a bit of a weird, actually. Went from 1989 to 93, he was at Chelsea... Then he went to Blackburn for five years, from so 93 to 97. And then he ended up going back to Chelsea from 97 to 2003. But he only won one Premier League title. And guess who that was with? It was with Blackburn, of, of course. course it was. So that was 94 to 95. His club playing career, he scored 20 goals from 403 club appearances. And he made 44 assists. And also, I was reading that that is the second highest assist for a player that's only played in a defending position. And first was Leighton Baines. So he oh, was the highest assist for a very defender. Interesting. Very interesting. So we've been talking about fullbacks. So those are the four that we've picked. I went for Ashley Cole and Graham Lasso. And you went for? Leighton Baines and Gary Neville. Obviously, if you look at people like Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think fullback positions are changing a lot with football at the moment would you say it's getting too attacking uh i think yeah they changed the formation i wouldn't trust trent alexander arnold to defend i remember watching a couple of seasons ago uh, rashford took him to pieces um yeah i think he's matured since then though well i'm not sure i think robertson's a better all-round player personally i think you're right he's matured but i think he's still he's still well they're both still learning out that they're one of young players yeah it's a role that's definitely changing i think with football as it goes along but if you look at the likes of gary neville i don't think you can complain that they're some of the best full bats that the premier league's ever seen Through to centre-backs, centre-half, whichever one you call it. So I've picked John Terry, currently Aston Villa's coach, assistant coach. He was UEFA Club Defender of the Year, 2005, 2008, 2009. For five consecutive seasons, he was a centre-back in the best 11 in the world for five consecutive seasons. Amazing. FIFA World Cup in the All-Star squad. He was the only English player in the team, 2006. He was at Chelsea for 19 years. 492 goals and nearly a goal every 10 games, 41 goals. Forest, I can't remember that. He was at Forest for six games. And then Villa, I do remember, 32 games at Villa, then stayed there had to do his coaching bit. England, 78 games, got six goals. He scored Chelsea's fastest ever goal in the Champions League after 90 seconds against Schalke 04. What he won at Chelsea, five Premier Leagues, four FA Cups, three League Cups, a Champions League and a Europa League just for fun. John Terry, a bit of a weird departure. Remember it being covered on Match of the Day where the whole stadium stops as he gets... It was ridiculous. It was it? a bit weird. He made himself get substituted it was so all that a bit they weird. could all stand up and clap him. And but then no all ma- the players made a tunnel, didn't they? It was all a bit weird. <laughs> but no matter what you say, you cannot argue that John Terry was a fantastic dominating, commanding English centre-half of absolute quality. 
from one really good centre-back to another, I've gone for Man City legend, really, Vincent Company. He was at the club from 2008 to 2019, obviously left last season. He had 265 appearances, 20 goals, and he captained the club from 2011 onwards. And he won four Premier League titles, very versatile. He scored plenty of goals with his head. But I don't think anyone could forget his last goal for the club, which is against Leicester. That absolute blinder of a shot where I think the commentator called him Captain Marvel. It was just a really poignant last goal for a fantastic player. He was a great leader, great sportsman, took charge, fantastic decision making. And I think to understand how good Vincent Company was, you actually only have to look at City this season. Obviously, he left last season, but it's so noticeable at the back that they're really missing someone like his stature and presence. People at Otamendi just don't stand up when you've got someone like Vincent Company that was there. So for me, definitely one of the best centre-backs that the Premier League has ever seen. Definitely, yeah, what a brilliant player, Vincent Company, and yeah, the real solid rock in Man City's defence. I've got somebody from a slightly different era. This player spent his whole career, 22 years, a bit like Gary Neville, a one-club man. Tony Adams, 22 years at Arsenal, in the Football League 100 legends, he's one of those. Can't believe this, actually. He captained a title-winning team in three different decades, so the 80s, 90s, and noughties. There's three statues at the new Emirates Stadium, newish. Herbert Chapman. From the older days, Thierry Henry and Tony Adams. So he's that well regarded at Arsenal. 66 caps for England, scored five goals. 504 appearances for Arsenal, scored 32 goals. Again, one club man, 17 years old, he started 1983. He was Arsenal captain at 21 and he kept that role every season till the day he retired. One of his most famous partners, a good centre-back, needs a good centre-back with them. Yeah. Steve Bold, I remember. Steve Bold, very, very good. What a pairing that was. They were uh, literally invincible, those two together. Managed a bit. Wickham, Portsmouth, Gabala. Somebody in Abish- Ab- Azerbaijan. <laughs> he managed somebody in Azerbaijan. And Did that go down well? No, I don't know. But what <laughs> didn't go down well, famously, a few famous things with Tony Adams. I think... Um, Fell off the tracks a bit, spent a little bit of time in prison. Um, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, famously he um, went to, uh, he managed at Granada in Spain and it's one of those programmes when you see the funniest hundred football, moments yeah. in football where he's training players and can't speak the language and it's all a bit, if you get a chance to see it, it is hilarious. So yeah, his management career wasn't necessarily brilliant. I'll tell you what, he was a fantastic centre-back, one of the best you'll ever see. And then the last centre-back that I've picked, 2006-2014, it was at Man United. He cost £7 million from Spartak Moscow, Nemanja Vidic. So 211 appearances for the club, just 15 goals, actually. I've talked about Van der Sar earlier, and I think one of the reasons that Van der Sar was so good, because he had Vidic and obviously Rio Ferdinand in front of him. Like you say, the protection and the two centre-backs have got to have a really good partnership and relationship. And Vidic certainly was one of them. And he got five Premier League titles with Man U. In 2008-2009, he helped United to a record-breaking run of 14 consecutive clean sheets and was awarded the Premier League Player of the Season. And three years later, he won that again, which as a defender, I think obviously normally defenders get overlooked by with that prize, but definitely not Nemanja Vidic. Formidable partnership, like I said, with Rio Ferdinand and Sir Alex Ferguson's trusted lieutenants at the back. Very aggressive. He got stuck in real hard in the tackles, strong in the air, put his body on the line. I think that's something that all four of our centre-backs have in common. Surely that's key characteristics of what makes a good centre-back. Yeah, got to be, I think. Got to be tough. 
Okay, so we're now going to have a look at our Barnet of the Week. We're throwing it back. Now we had a clash. We've worked out that we're both choosing the same Barnet. But um, you go for it first, Dad, because it is an ultimate, probably one of the best Barnets of all time. Well, it was easy, easy to do because he's had various different Barnets through his career. David James, famous goalkeeper, famous Barnets. If you go through <laughs> Google, you'll see probably a dozen different versions from bald to blonde to curly afro. to afro to plaited cornrow braids that's what they're called corn whatever it is but he's <laughs> have, he's had every different type of hairdo you could ever want what was your favorite look of his i didn't have one they were all oh, right they're probably the bald look actually i mean keep it simple keep it simple so your favorite barnet of his was lack of barnet lack of barnet was my favorite barnet for david james but he let's say if you get the chance google him you'll see every earth style under the sun well i was gonna pick david james and his cornrow braids but instead from one very wacky goalkeeper to not so wacky at all just actually a very normal barnet edwin van der Sar. I actually think, oh, why have I picked him? Probably because it's not complicated. And some goalkeepers try and just slick it back or do lots of different things. I suppose most footballers try and make the hair a little bit different. Not Edwin van der Sy, kept it classy, a little bit floppy, but I thought he had a great hairstyle, great barnet. So we've got our two goalkeeping barnets. I think it's very hard to beat David James, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, he is definitely one of the best barnets of all time. Okay, that's all from this week. So we've had a look at some of our best all-time goalkeepers, centre-backs, full-backs that the Premier League has ever seen. I'm sure there's players that we've missed out, but definitely I think we've got the top dogs in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Well, you could go away and find another dozen, but uh, they're good ones, definitely. So next week, we're going to be continuing on and we're going to be looking at some of the best midfielders and forwards that the Premier League has ever seen. Till then, we're about to go have our first barbecue of the spring or summer. Are you feeling the pressure? No, I'll be there. I've got myself psyched up ready for the barbie. Good stuff. Stay safe and stay positive and we'll be back next week.